0: The wool industry is currently facing one of its greatest ever challenges. The European Union Product Environmental Footprint, or PEF, labelling program, which, using its current methodology, scores wool and other natural fibres poorly relative to man-made products. For wool growers who produce a natural, renewable, biodegradable fibre, this is inconceivable. But the system that assesses fibres for this labelling program is incomplete. And the recently launched Make the Label Count campaign is pushing hard to correct this and is off to a promising start. Welcome to the 200th episode of The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. The European market consumes roughly 30% of the Australian wool clip. It's a market that often leads the way with trends, ideas and innovations. The PEF issue and the Life Cycle Analysis, or LCA, of wool was the focus of episode 186. But today we hear from the Secretary-General of the International Wool Textile Organisation, or IWTO. Fresh from the Make the Label Count campaign launch, Delena White.
1: The campaign was really launched um, to just point out the gaps we see in the methodology of the PEF at the moment. Um, As an industry, as uh, people, as a matter, we're all excited about the fact that there is a national body and legislation on its way to deal with our uh, textile industry because we know it is responsible for a huge amount of pollution um, on our planet. So for the first time, uh, retail will not only be guided by retail, buy, but by legislation. So that is a very positive point, and we really are excited to be part of the process. Um, what we do see in this specific silo, and there are various silos happening at the moment that um, we feel are not really connecting. So there's a wonderful Green Deal, sort of overarching um, vision of where we're going in the next 20 years. There's a really good sustainable textile standard that's coming out. Um, There's some really good initiatives around the circular economy. But in the PEF itself, it's standing a little bit apart from these other very good initiatives. And that's why we launched the campaign. Uh, We know wool is less than 1% of textiles used at the moment. Um, We've paid for our seat at the table of the technical secretariat, And our voice is not being heard as much as we would like. So, um, therefore, we're raising the flag and we say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem. So, um, with the support of the campaign coalition, which include uh, Salt Cotton and DNFi and Fibershed and um, a whole lot of members that have the same um, feeling about this, we are excluding um, renewability, we are excluding microplastic pollution, and we are excluding biodegradability out of this very important conversation. And how can we um, steer consumers in the future if those important assets are not um, incorporated? And that's why the campaign was launched.
0: Well, congratulations on uh, a very strong start, but uh, as we know, we are a small fish in a a large pond here with some very powerful allies that uh, are keen to maintain the status quo that perhaps don't necessarily recognise the renewability, uh, the biodegradability of of natural fibres.
1: Yes, we do, and we're up against um, this little recipe of LCA that was imported um, many years ago which is now making or, uh, almost a way of um, fast fashion trying to simplify matters so that a um, buying manager or sustainability manager sitting somewhere at the desk can just apply a little recipe of LCA and come out with a, a number that they can then put in their buying plan for the season and say, look how good I am. I've got at least uh, 60% of my range is now you know, rating green, sustainable, and he passes that on to the marketing team, and they write all the lovely marketing messages around that, which we've been seeing with recycled plastic bottles. That's a plastic one. you know. And, and the science tell us that plastic bottles should be recycled into plastic. It should never be taken out of that circular economy. It's a very valuable resource. But at the moment, textiles um, take it out of that and put it into a linear company because Once you put that plastic bottle into a garment, it goes into landfill and all the rest of it. So this kind of greenwashing has been going on for a while. Um, It it supports a big um, conglomerate of fast fashion industry, and we are a very uh, small fish. That's why we'll have to reach out to other natural fiber industries. Uh, Some of them are still scared, and it's um, it's quite obvious that they are scared to speak up. Some of them believe that if they they stick to, to the big conglomerates, that they will at some point get a better rating. At some point, they will make headway. And I think here Wool we'll has, um, we've walked the path, we've got the t-shirt. Um, we were committed to doing that for many years. Um, they asked us for an LCA. It took us seven years and a lot of money to produce that. It made very little difference um, to the rating schemes out there at the moment. Um, when we speak to uh, retail sustainability managers, which we do all the time, they say our hands are tied. We are in such a difficult position because once we sit down to make our buying decisions for the season, our managers tell us to apply the only rating tool out there and that gives you a um, reading. Now, I can just tell you that I spoke to one commission representative yesterday and this is the one of many conversations but at the launch I told her but do you realize that when a buying manager sits down to buy she said to me I can't find any wool clothes for my children in in Brussels I said but do you understand where that comes from wool is being rated as red and bad for their sustainability um, aspects of the retailer so he will not buy that because it's Better for his business to buy a a recycled PET bottle. And she said, I didn't know that. I said, Yeah, (laughs) well, go have a look, um, go have a good look at um, textile rating tools out there at the moment. All natural fibers are um, branded as bad for them. So that's what we're up against. It, it, It really is a monster.
0: And yes, I mean, you've explained that very well, how the current mechanisms are essentially an excuse to pollute. Um, through petrochemical, um, man-made fibres, um, and to call to call into account these huge conglomerates that rely on fast fashion, that promote fast fashion, that also employ tens of thousands of people in Europe, how can how can this campaign ever possibly make a difference?
1: Maurice, it's a a very compelling argument, Um, but we have to understand that we have to look at the full picture because natural fibre industries also employ hundreds of thousands of people around the world. In fact, the OIE says that 300 million of the poorest families in the world depend on a couple of goats and sheep for their daily income. Now, we need to be very careful when we start talking about which industries support whom and how many people um, I think a very similar in, you know, a conversation um, took place when a couple of years ago now um, we were taking on the tobacco industry and the tobacco industry said, oh, but you cannot put all these negative things out there in the media about us because just think of all these people that would lose their jobs. Well, um, just think of all the people that will lose their lives because of microplastic pollution that is now in the water in the soil, and NASA tells us in the air we breathe. So we need to really consider and weigh up stuff here very carefully, and that's where we come back to the socioeconomic impacts, which at this point are also not taken into account um, in the PIF, and um, there's a conversation to be had about that.
0: So. The launch has taken place. It sounds like you've had a strong start. What sort of headway has been made in the short amount of time already?
1: Behind the scenes since um, May, we've been having these uh, one-on-one conversations with commissioners and these will continue uh, this morning. There are another two confirmed. So um, I think we're making good headway in, in in having private conversations. Um, we will then continue now with the website and building out um, those key messages that we've been talking about. We now know from the launch that there are more people out there that would like to get involved. Um, Emma at Womark has signed up two new members just in the past two days, and there are many more conversations happening. So um, we hope to really push um, this wave of, can we call it resistance, against um, fashion. Um, as Livia, our spokesman yesterday, said, um, we do not have the time for this. And I think um, the scientists are telling us we do not have the time to continue on the on this path we're at at the moment. And there's some real concerns um, being raised. And hopefully the campaign will now amplify these messages because we need to get it out there. And we know that our opposition have very deep pockets and their marketing arms reach very, very far. So um, I think it's important at this point to thank the wool growers around the world and specifically in Australia. And I think we're up against um, some powerful sources with uh, very big budgets. So um, we're ready to to work very hard to get these messages out for our growers.
0: Yes, it does sound like very much a David versus Goliath situation. Um, and given given that, what is a realistic outcome?
1: There's a timeline to this PEF process, and we already heard yesterday after, um, I think Professor uh, Ingenkleb made it very clear that she said, um, if you publish this um, PEF as it is at the moment, it will be the biggest greenwashing uh, machine out there. So um, we already heard from the commissioner that they acknowledge that there are gaps in their methodology. And that is a huge win already um, because our technical advisors have not been able to get her to say that so far um, in the closed uh, meeting rooms. So that's out there. We will definitely um, put everything we can on the table to fill those gaps. Um, Success for us would be a level playing field. Um, So we still want to uh, get those measurements to reflect natural fibers And the properties of natural fibers that our consumers certainly want to hear about when they buy a label, when they buy a piece of textile clothing or others. So it needs to reflect the fact that it's biodegradable, that it does not shed microplastic pollution, and that it does not support the fast fashion model um, of take, make and discard. So we need to get that incorporated in any future legislation. There is no... um, There's no argument about this. This has to be included for us to be successful, and that's the aim.
0: And the likelihood of of altering things, um, it sounds like you've garnered some significant support already and created some pretty significant headlines already within 24 hours.
1: We're happy with the success so far, um, but it's really this is just the launch of the campaign. It's only the start of the conversation outwardly, so... Yeah, um, it's going to take every single person involved in this industry to amplify our messages, to understand how important it is to talk about it, talk about the good things you do on farm, the biodiversity of your farm, um, how you take care of your animals, to bring all those good messages out into the open on a daily basis. And we cannot stop doing that for one minute because um, we will need everybody's support on this one.
0: Well, it's very nice of you to acknowledge the uh, the Australian wool growers that have um, helped fund things to date. Um, how else can wool growers be involved? You've, you've mentioned a little bit of uh, advocacy there, but uh, how how can they formally become involved?
1: Well, I think um, please join the website so that you are aware of what's happening there and that you receive the assets because there's a team of very clever people behind the scene that's preparing all the assets for us. And these go through on LinkedIn, um, onto the campaign page and on Twitter. Please reshare those. It's very important that we get it out there. Um, and then whatever you can do um, in your own structures, the representative, Australian representative for agriculture was at the launch yesterday. Um, so do not think that you cannot make a noise in your own country up into your political sectors where um, people have a voice, to um, To talk to the EU, so um, this is um, a global village. We are actually all connected, and what happens here will affect other parts of the world um, and I think it's very important that you remember at some point in your in your calendar year, your politicians will come to you for their vote, and then please ask them what are they doing for your industry when it comes to um, legislation that's upcoming in the EU? Are they even aware of it? Are they even talking? to the right um, people regarding this very important process.
0: Well, uh, Delana, thank you very much for joining us uh, on The Yarn in, as you say, what is a very, very significant campaign, possibly the most significant campaign for wool that has ever taken place because, as you say, the world is going to be watching this. Um, Thank you very much for your time. More power to your arm. And let's make the label count.
1: Perfect, Marius. I couldn't say it any better. Thank you so much for your support.
0: Delina White, Secretary-General of the International Wool Textile Organisation, IWTO, and head to makethelabelcount.org to become involved. So as I mentioned, it's the 200th episode of the Yarn Podcast, so I'd better make this call.
1: Ellie speaking?
0: Well, hello, Ellie Bigwood. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. How are you going?
0: Very well. Um, now, you know what episode it is, don't you?
1: We have cracked 200, I believe. Would that be right?
0: It is the 200th episode of The Yarn, and I wasn't going to let it pass without ringing my co-host
1: well thanks for giving us a buzz and letting me be a part of it
0: well i thought you might like to thank our listeners for uh downloading the yarn about a quarter of a million times across 200 episodes and across almost exactly five years
1: it's a huge innings! i would like to thank our listeners um you know, the yarn doesn't happen without the ears on the other end and the support that we get from the wool-growing community, but also the people who've been involved in the podcast, Marius, like the people in the industry, the wool growers, the researchers, who've all been behind us and have all got on board. That's really been the success of the yarn, in getting that interesting information out to out to those two hundred and fifty thousand downloads you know we couldn't have done it without the support from everyone who listens and has yarns with us
0: exactly so i thought it's only fitting that you signed off
1: well all right it has been so good to be a part of this 200 episode venture um so thank you to all of our listeners for listening and you know what i'm going to say next thank you
0: for having a yarn with us ready for another 200 bring it on (laughs)